Triple H FM Sports in association with Atlas Chartered Accountants. The Post, Hornsby RSL and ISC Sports welcomes you to Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. And now here's your host, the Raging Bull, Anthony Caruso. Good evening and welcome to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn and all good podcast sites. We do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, The Post, The Hornsby RSL, ISC Sport and Business Plaza. Anthony Bull Caruso back with you as we get to round two of our wrap-up of the cricket season for 2021-22, and it is the big one that we've got here tonight. It is New South Wales men's premier cricket. This has been the pinnacle of club cricket right around the world, and once again, this season failed to disappoint. We're going to be talking a whole lot about the grades, the results that came out, some of the big names that came that have come out of the competition in particular. Not only that, we'll talk about some of the emerging stars that have come out of the Point of and Grey and the Green Shield competitions. Can't do this alone. So joining us tonight is one of the mainstays of the Northern District Cricket Club, proud club champions once again, Daniel Anderson. Good evening to you. Good evening, mate. Thanks for having me back. Looking forward to uh, wrapping up the season with you tonight. Uh, it's been another big year for Northern Districts, another successful year, and all the more so incredible given that you didn't actually have a home, a main home ground to use for the entire season. Yeah, we actually didn't have a training facility either, so we spent the whole season training on synthetic nets out at um, different grounds in the uh, Hornsby and Kringle areas. So um, it's a pretty amazing achievement to end up where we did, um, and I think it's a result of our, our values that we live by at the club. So um, not surprised, but it was a pretty tough season. But it has to be said as well that it won't be long until we do make our return to the hallowed turf of Mark Taylor Oval in Waitara. We can't wait at Triple H to join you back there. Yeah, we can't wait either. <laughs> the, the plan's looking pretty good. Um, it's a little bit slow with all the rain and COVID going around with the, uh, the progress there, but we can't wait to get back to Waitara again and uh, get back to our home of cricket. It's going to be juicy as all hell on that deck as well. I mean, the only thing we've got to work out is what we're going to be doing to the state member, Matt Keane. I think we're going to have to get him out in the middle to face a couple because he rates himself a cricketer. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> he's pretty good from what I've seen. I've seen him in the nets a couple of times and he's uh, he's actually not too bad. So we'll have to see. Well, we'll put him to the test here. Five main grades to go through. Portman Gray, Green Shield. Um, Northern District, we did mention, get a, got a couple of pieces of silverware. We'll go through that and we'll go through the big discussions, including the grand finals. So with that, umpires Hugh Juss and uh, Strikes Back are at their respective ends. The time has just ticked over and we are set for play. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Splinters. I'm going to kick things off with first grade and going through the ladder at the moment. Um, we've got, not only do we have the ladder here, but we've also got the predictions of what we did at the start of the year, Daniel. Um, and the really it has to be said that let's start off with the positive in terms of the predictions. Apart from one team, the predictions as a team here was bang on in terms of who ended up in the bottom five. Yeah, not, uh, not surprised, man. I think we've got the uh, the experts uh, in Premier Cricket on this uh, podcast, so uh, not surprised that we uh, got that one right. But, yeah, um, shame for those clubs to end up at the bottom, but good for us that we tipped them. 
Well, it, it does talk to a bigger issue, and it's something we're going to raise a little bit later on, but I might throw this to you a little bit, given that some of the work that you do. One of the big challenges that we've obviously noticed over the last couple of years has been the struggle of some of these clubs around the greater Western Sydney region. It's a difficult area that have gone through some geographic and cultural challenges over the last couple of years. I mean, we talk about Campbelltown, Camden in particular, being in, impacted by the bushfires, Hawkesbury twice being impacted by floods. Um, but still the, the, the quality that's sort of coming out while it's in drips and drabs, it just hasn't quite been sustained, especially since a couple of years ago when Penrith did lift that first grade premiership. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, there is a lot of great work being done out in the west of Sydney. Um, a lot of the clubs out there and volunteers are doing a terrific job. Um, and, and there is a lot of population growth and a lot of growth in participation out there. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if those clubs uh, are really strong in five to ten years. Um, they're doing all the right things at the moment. So hopefully um, they can keep those players out in the west and we can see those teams rising up from the bottom of the table in future. Um, obviously, as you mentioned, they've been through a fair bit in the last sort of five years with smoke, floods, fires, um, all sorts of things impacted by lockdowns um, slightly differently to maybe those of us who were in the North Shore. But, um, yeah, I think it's probably been a little bit of a tough time for them, but I think there's, uh, uh, there's positive signs on the horizon, I reckon. We then go to the big surprise, I think, from the, from the predictions, and it was Mossman. They, they really struggled in 2020-21, but this year – they absolutely came alive and out of nowhere finished in second place. Yeah, I think one-day cricket um, throughout the season really helped Mossman. Um, I think they've got a really good one-day team um, and I think that it just suited them really well this season. Um, I think no surprises uh, if we look at the one-day um, stats over the last sort of few years. They've done pretty well. So, um, yeah, not surprised they got up there uh, having seen the, the draw. Um, I think when we did the predictions, we may not have known how many one-day games there were going to be. Um, but, yeah, they definitely exceeded our initial expectations and to go and win the comp was um, pretty special for them. And then, of course, the usual suspects ending up there over the last couple of years, yourselves running out as minor premiers, Ranwick Petersham, Manly Warringah, St. George and Sydney. The other big surprise, the other two surprises that came through in terms of improved performances this year, Western Suburbs and UNSW. Yeah, well, West have been building for a number of years now. Um, and obviously, Muhammad Irfan Jr. coming back over towards the end of the season gave him a bit of a boost. Um, and UNSW, I think I recall a couple of years ago on this podcast, we were talking about their rebuild and um, they picked up some really good players in that, like Safan Hassan um, was one of them. And um, they've actually been building really nicely over the last couple of years. So I, I'd anticipate them doing the same next year and getting better and better. Um, I think they've got a good roster there and I think they're going to be a, a good team for years to come. We then come to the finals, and although it was a disappointing result for Northern District, it had to be. It has to be said, what a cracker of a grand final this was. Yeah, what an amazing game! Um, it was a real privilege to be a part of it. To be honest, um, looking at the the info online, um, I think it was over seven thousand people watched day three on YouTube. Um, we had a couple hundred people in the crowd. Um, and I think everyone was uh, was given a pretty good spectacle. Um, I think it was two very competitive teams, very skillful teams. Um, and for the game to go down to the last five overs on day three um, really is a, a testament to the ground staff at Bankstown for getting us on for those days, but also the players who are just competing and um, really wanting to win and, and doing everything they could to get there. So, yeah, real privilege to play in the game. Obviously not the result that we wanted, but um, look, Congrats to Mossman. Um, they fought hard for three days and they deserved it. And uh, what a record that they've managed to break to them themselves. The first time in 83 years 
that they had won the first grade premiership and the first time in eight years, indeed, that they'd actually made the finals, built up with a team that sort of actually, you know, a lot of them had actually come up through the um, the grades throughout there. A couple of notable performances in particular from Mossman, Lockie Hearn and Dean Crawford with the bat. But from Northern District side, um, Greg Vernon with two wickets and really one of the returning heroes over the last couple of years, Chris Green, four for 82. Yeah, it's so good to get Greeny back. Um, he, he's a great Indies clubman. Um, he he bleeds, uh, bleeds blue. Um, he's definitely part of the fabric at Indies. Um, he, he was amazing in that final to bowl over 40 overs, um, take four for, um, face almost 300 balls and, and get 80. Um, pretty amazing. And it's a testament to the hard work he puts in. Um, he's always really accessible to all his fans from the Big Bash and, and um, everyone who loves watching him play. And he is such a hard worker, and I've seen that firsthand this year. So I'm not surprised at all, um, but it's really great to see him back at NDs, and we're very lucky to have him as part of the club. And then it has to be said for yourself, a cheeky 72, and really one of the key partnerships with him throughout that time. What was it like sort of being at the other end and just sort of ticking over the overs after over with him? Uh, yeah, it's good. I always love playing with Granny. I've played with him um, since we were together at Greenshield um, many years ago now, um, maybe over a decade ago. But, um, yeah, I always love playing with Granny. He's really he's a great thinker of the game, um, very good player, obviously, so he can lead from the front. Um, I don't know if I brought the crowds back too much with my innings. I'm facing 250-odd balls for, for only 70. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> hopefully I didn't turn everyone off too much. <laughs> And then, um, you know, the, unfortunately, the uh, well, I mean, unfortunately for Northern Districts, but what a performance it was in the end. Jake Turner, the Richie Benno medalist with five for 102, backed up by Jaden Park. And I think a name that everyone's going to be seeing a lot more of over the next few years and a very famous surname in particular in Elijah Eels. Yeah, well, look, uh, being out in the middle, Jake, uh, you walked past me at one point and said he was running on fumes. So um, he came back out, went off for a bit of a break and, and came back out and was amazing. Um, he just found this extra um, energy and, and blew through us at the end and, and bowled some absolute jaffers to clean up the tail and um, and to get that final wicket. And he deserved the player of the final. Um, it was a pretty amazing spell of bowling, a bowl, almost 50 overs of, of quick bowling on, the, on a pretty dead wicket. So... Congrats to him for being the player of the final. Um, and then, as you said, I think Elijah's going to be a really good player. Um, he's always at you, um, real competitive, but also a really nice, genuine guy um, and, and someone who everyone enjoys having a chat to. Um, so I think we will see a lot more of him. And he's only young, so he'll keep getting better and better. Going through the top tens in the um, for the batting and then the bowling. We'll start off with the batting and uh, a couple of the usual suspects popping up there, the likes of... Um, ND's very own Scott Rogie, Justin Avendano, Ryan Hackney, Angus Robson, Jay Lenton, Dan Solway. No, no surprises though, guys. Those guys ended up there. But we mentioned Western Suburbs being the big improvers with the bat. It was led by Josh Clark and Nick Cutler between them scoring nearly 1,300 runs. Yeah, pretty amazing, isn't it? Um, look, Josh in particular, um, I've watched a lot of him play over the last sort of five to ten years and um, he's an incredible cricketer, um, very adaptable to all situations, a real leader um, in their team. Um, and look, I'm not surprised he's up there at all. Um, pretty amazing season from him. Um, so, look, congrats to, to Josh and Nick and, and the whole West team for um, getting so close to the finals. I'm sure they'll be there a lot in future. Um, but as you said, Scott Rogie at the top um, coming second in, in the runs and second in the wickets, um, which we'll get to in a second. But um, I think it's worth calling out what is probably one of the, the greatest, if not the greatest, first-grade seasons we've ever seen. Um, amazing to witness that at the other end, but it was just terrific all season. It has to make you wonder what the hell New South Wales are doing, that this guy hasn't played more state games. 
Yeah, or, or Big Bash James. He's uh, he's yeah. been pretty consistent over his career. Um, he's been one of the best first graders going around for well over a decade. And um, yeah, as I said, it, it's been one of the best seasons I think we've ever seen. So look, it's not too late. He, he may get another gig at some point. You never know. Um, uh, so we'll, we'll have to wait and see. We then go over to the bowling side, as you mentioned. Scott Rogie coming in second. Um, we have to mention straight off the bat, the person who did top the wicket charts, Adam Semple, and has also announced his retirement from New South Wales Premier Cricket. Yeah, a bit bittersweet, this one. Um, obviously, great for an opposition batter, having um, Sempi retiring because he's terrorised batting orders for many years. But, um, look, he's had a terrific career. Um, he's always great to play against. He's super competitive. Um, you know, when he's still in the game, that, that Randy Pete's are always a chance of winning. Um, so, uh, massive congrats to him on a remarkable first-grade career. Um, he's been one of those... Uh, leading players in the comp for a long period of time. So um, wishing him all the best in retirement, but he's had a great career and he should be very proud of it. And a couple of the other, uh, one other person to mention before we move on there, Ross Pawson, a guy I remember from a few years ago, and you probably even remember this, that epic second grade grand final up at Mark Taylor Oval against Manly Waring, the one that Triple H did cover over the three days. And Ross Pawson, part of that, I still remember Ross Pawson being part of that team, and that was probably one of the best grand finals I'd ever witnessed. Yeah, it was a cracker of a game. Um, just on Paul, so he, he's such an incredible player, um, and it's down to his work ethic as well. Um, if you see how much work he puts in the gym, um, how much he he puts into his body, um, making sure that he's he's always bowling. Um, he, he just works so hard, and he, he deserves all the. Uh, hang on, hang on, whoa, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on. Let, let's just pull this up. Let's just pull this up for a second. Are you, are you officially declaring here for everyone here that Ross Ross Paulson is the epitome of a rig based selection? <laughs> uh, I reckon his bowling's pretty good, uh, but yes, the rig base selection could be <laughs> could be applied. Uh, you know, you know what is this is this is what get, gets me sick. Honestly, is that these guys get in just just by the the cut of their rig. Honestly, you know, what am I supposed to do with a dad bod like this? Honestly. I know. Well, look, little fellas like me, when when Porso's walking around the chain rooms, we get out of there pretty quickly. <laughs> you don't want to be comparing yourself to him. So, um, yeah, <laughs> he's uh, yeah, he does all right, Porso. Oh God, it's it just it makes you sick, honestly. Uh, the <laughs> other thing I'm surprised he probably hasn't done yet is then start doing the um the the topless Instagram shots, or has he? Uh, you never know. There may be a few there <laughs> over the years, but um, if, no, if there is, I, if there is, I, if there is, I expect him to get roasted for it. <laughs> you'd, hey. be brave, you'd be a brave man to do that when he can bowl 140 clicks in the net. So, <laughs> <laughs> the quick mention of the Kingsgrove T20 final, um, which was played between Sydney University and Ramwick Petersham out at University Oval. And a, a rare one in terms of it being an incredibly low-scoring game and Ramwick-Petersham managing to get over the line um, all out for 114 all the way back in early February with Camden Hawkins getting 52. But I'll tell you what, the bowling attack, when you've got the likes of Adam Semple, Daniel Sams and Dyer Singh, you're going to knock over teams for cheap and Sydney University simply had no answer. Yeah, and throw Riley Air in there who made his Shield debut this year. Um, I think that's they're such a good team, and that's why they're at the top of the table in in all the formats. Um, I'm not surprised they've they've done well and won that comp. Um, they've been great in limited overs cricket for a long period of time, and massive to knock over a team like Sydney Uni, and especially having someone like Hayden Kerr in the opposition who's had such an incredible season. Um, I think that's a massive achievement. We then move on to second grade. And uh, it was the double done by Mossman, but what a team this this is um, that they had there. And 
I've got to admit that the lineup that they had, it has to be said, rather rude having someone like Alex Doolan playing second grade. Are you kidding me, honestly? Yeah, he's a handy player. He's uh, he's definitely an out-and-out first grader, so not too sure how long he'll be in twos. But um, even Harjit Singh um, took a million wickets this season for them in twos. And look, there's no surprise they won the uh, – came first by almost 20 points. Um, they had, a, had an incredible side and were the benchmark all season, that second grade comp. So, yeah, not surprised they went all the way, to be honest. Just only a touch rude, just a just a touch. Yeah, but, just um, a yeah, <laughs> just a little bit. But but what a performance it was here in, in particular, and it's just so it's just such a, an achievement for them to be able to show that sheer dominance. Manly finishing second, um, but really there were no answer to the finals, and it was the big surprise was Sutherland managing to get into the final. Uh, and I'll tell you what. They they went close, Sutherland in the in the final itself, going down by only five runs, and with a bit of luck, they might have actually knocked over Mossman. Yeah, well, I didn't see much of it. Um, I think I was waiting to bat at the time in now one, and and was very nervous. <laughs> I was trying to avoid any other scores, but from what I heard um, coming up from the sideline, was that it was it went down to the last over, and it was a real contest. And um, look, I don't know much about Sutherland's um, second grade team, but they must have been um, fighting really hard to push that Mossman team as far as they did in the final. In the top tens for the uh, for the competition here, a couple of very familiar names that are popping up there. And, has to, and you know, again, another question, another questionable positioning in terms of players going, what what are they doing there? Dan Rickson playing second grade and topping the batting charts. Yeah, pretty handy. 200 runs ahead of the next best uh, would suggest you're doing pretty well and <laughs> could probably play a little bit higher. But, um, yeah, look, amazing season. Average 55 in a season, score over 700 runs is just amazing. Um, so all I can say is congrats. <laughs> so it's pretty remarkable. Wait, which, which do you think is the bigger burglar alert here? Is it Alex Doolan or Dan Rickson? Or even uh, Harjit Singh for that matter? I was going to say, I reckon Harjit um, is the burglar alert. The, uh, yeah, almost doubling the wickets um, using that regulation ball uh, in second grade and probably hitting quite a few guys on the pads. <laughs> so he's, uh, I reckon he's burglaring a little bit down there. We go through the the rest of the lineups. A couple of um, a couple of known known players that are where Max Papworth, of course, has had first grade experience there. One of the young guns for Manly coming through, Jacob O'Sullivan um, for Manly. We then go to the bowling lineup, and a couple of very familiar names coming through that coming through the um, the competition. Liam Hire for for Sutherland, and the veteran, not only at Manly but also at Eastern Suburbs back in the day, Andrew Jamison. Yeah, Jamo is an absolute legend. Um, he leads that team so well, and it's so good to see him back bowling as well. I know he had a, a pretty bad injury a couple of seasons ago, maybe even last year, but um, so good to see him back bowling and doing well. Um, and he's always going to be a big part of the reason Manly sit in the top of that table in second grade. Um, he's just a really good guy to play against, um, always up for a chat after the game and, and during the game, and um, just really enjoy seeing him do well. We then move on to third grade, and I know you're going to enjoy this one here because <laughs> this is a trend that got started by your good mate Clayton Waters, and it's it's continued again. Northern Districts were branded the Invincibles last year in third grade. Are we officially upgrading that now to the Unbeatables? Uh, look, <laughs> you never want to get too, uh, too big for your boots, but yes, I think we can call the Unbeatables. Um it's pretty ridiculous to go undefeated for well over two seasons. Um, as you said, Clayton started it. Um, Dan Stickland uh, continued it this year, and 
I think we worked out there's only two or three players that played in last season's grand final who played this season. So it wasn't even like we had the same group of players backing up again. Um, it, it was a completely different group of guys. Um, so massive testament to the leadership of those two teams in, in Clayton and Dan. But yeah, man, I reckon we can call them the unbeatables. <laughs> that, what a what a performance this was! Won the minor premiership by eleven points, unbeaten, unbeaten there. Got to the grand final, uh, coming up against the team that finished second in Bankstown, and really, if all things said and done, it, it wasn't even a contest in the end. Northern Districts finishing their fifty overs at seven for two hundred and fifty, and we should make mention straight off the back, William Coffey. 108 off 123 had sort of been there or thereabouts for runs in the middle of the pack and then peaked right when at the right time. Yeah, what, what a player. Um, I think we're going to see a lot more of Will over the coming seasons. Um, he's a, a fellow uh, Beecroft resident like myself, so um, got a soft spot for Will. Um, he had an, a pretty amazing season. He worked so hard. Um, I remember in lockdown, um, going back a long way now, he was hitting balls uh, every week. Um, he was just working so hard in his game and um, he's got a real hunger to keep getting better. So I'm so happy for Will. Um, he's also one of the nicest guys you've come across. So for him to perform like that on the on the biggest stage of the season, um, couldn't be happier for him. We then got backed up by Mitch Crayon with 50 off 58 and a name some of us will be very familiar with from the days playing first grade. For mine, another burglar alert here, as far as I'm concerned, Neil Kimberley, 44 off 65. <laughs> yep, uh, that would be correct, being a bit of a burglar down there, Kimber. Um, he had a couple of seasons off and he came back this season. Um, so it was so good to have him back around the team. Another absolutely terrific bloke. Um, not known for his defensive <laughs> blocking, Kimbo. He likes to go pretty hard at it. So um, to get 44 off 65 in the grand finals, a slow strike rate for him. But um, so good to see him back and um, winning a comp in his first season um, returning. So, yeah, well done to Kimbo. But it, I guess you could say, though, that the, the one-day format would have suited him to an absolute T in that regards. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's got quite a few um, first go hundreds in two days as well, but um, one day as he's just been dynamic. He, he almost uh, he made a massive contribution to the one day comp that we won um, almost a decade ago now, and um, yeah, it definitely suits him that one day format. Correction or wrong that one day that one day team would have had the Beetle Brothers in it at one stage, did it not? Uh, not the year that it was won. Um, maybe a, a year or two before that, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah, okay, fair enough, fair enough. I know Cosy would have been there around that time. So, But then Bankstown, no answer, absolutely no answer. Ryan Freeman getting 80 off 91, but Jordan Fulliger and Anthony Bartlett, absolutely brilliant with the ball. Yeah, absolutely. I think there was a bit of a partnership going there um, for Bankstown. They had a couple of set batters and um, Jordy Fulliger, um, who's been terrific this season, another really hard worker, um, came on and took two big wickets in and over. Um Four for 27, massive in a final. And then for the Barty party, um, Anthony Bartlett uh, to take three for as well. Um, massive. Um, he's only young um, and to take three for in a final is, is really big. And going through the top 10 performances in the in the competition, we mentioned Luke uh, Will Coffey, 469 at 39.8. Neil Kimberley at 355 at 32.27. A couple of um, well-known names sort of coming through. One of them coming up through the ranks and coming up at a rate of knots is Luke Hawksworth. For Sutherland, 460 at 46.0. I remember saying a couple of years ago when he topped the charts in fifth grade that this kid was going to be something special. And now here he is coming second in third grade. 
Yeah, well, you picked it. <laughs> well done on that. Uh, yeah, look, obviously, to, to go from fives a couple of years ago and then come second uh, in the batting in threes this year, he's probably got um, a bit more growth in him, and I'm sure he'll be working his way up the grades in no time. We then go across to the bowling lineup, and as you said, the captain, Dan Strickland, topping the charts at 31 at 12.16. Um, the one that's very close to my heart in that regards are the two guys that for Manly there, Alex Bain and Rook Dillon. Um, Alex Bain, part, one of the regulars for the Point of and Gray Shield team. But Rook Dillon, the captain of Manly's Green Shield team, chipping in with 26 at 12.42, if you don't mind. Yeah, not bad for someone who's still in Green Shield. Um, I follow Manly's Instagram and Facebook, um, who do a terrific job, um, by the way. And it seemed every week over the Christmas break, it was Roop's name popping up doing something different. So uh, it sounds like he's a pretty handy player. So, again, not surprised if he'll be moving his way up in coming De- seasons. Very decent leg spin. I had the pleasure of playing against him and of, and of quite a patient bat. Um, the only thing I would ever say about him that, that would be considered a bit mean is that he has one of the worst salads I've ever seen in my life. I mean, <laughs> he has absolutely mutilated that hair. And as someone who takes pride in actually trying to look after their hair, I look at what he does and I just I, I look at him and I just, I just think to myself, how can you do that to it at such a young age? Look, I agree. There's some shocking haircuts going around at the moment, particularly around that younger age group. Um, I don't know where they've got this idea of uh, a mullet looking good, but <laughs> they're oh, all mate. running with oh, it at the God. moment. <laughs> and it's not like, and it's not like the cam, the Cameron, the golfing Cameron Smith mullet either, which just is just. It's not even that much of a mullet. It's just beautiful long hair. That's all it is. <laughs> it, it, no, all it's right. genuinely long hair, but it's like it's the ones that have the really long hair, and then they shave the sides. I've seen that yeah. going around. I just look at just go, what is that? Yeah, it's an interesting, interesting look. I, I think interesting is probably being charitable in that regards there. Well, <laughs> with that, before I, I start to throw up my dinner, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to finish off the rest of the grades and our club champs, and we're going to make some outlandish predictions of what's going to happen next year. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, and all good podcast sites. We do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, The Post, The Hornsby RSL, ISC Sport, and Business Plaza. We'll be right back. It's time for the crew to catch their breath. We'll be back after this short break. Do you think the government deserves more of your hard-earned money? If not, make sure you talk to Atlas Chartered Accountants. Atlas Chartered Accountants makes sure the money you earn stays in your pocket through legal tax planning strategies, from finding that last tax deduction to tax-effective business structures for asset protection purposes so you can invest in what really matters, your family and business. Visit their website at ihatetax.com.au. Atlas Chartered Accountants. They are dedicated to you and dedicated station sponsors of Triple H 100.1 FM. Hornsby RSL Club, your perfect place to catch up with friends and family. With dining options ranging from modern Australian favourites in the courtyard, authentic Asian cuisine from Keku, or delicious wood-fired pizzas from Level 1, there is something for everyone to enjoy. Join us weekly for entertainment activities such as trivia, meat raffles, bingo and free live music, or grab some tickets to see one of our first-class entertainment acts in the showroom. Thinking of holding an event? Let our friendly events team guide you through every step to create the perfect event for any occasion. Visit our website at hornsbrsl.com.au for further details. Hornsby RSL Club, proud sponsors of Triple H. 
Want to look your sporting best on and off the field? Then make sure you get kitted out with ISC Sport Teamwear. ISC Sport are Australia's leading name in custom sports uniforms with a wide range of sportswear tailored to your team's needs. 100% Australian-owned and fully customisable, ISC Sport cover all four winter codes and cricket, basketball, netball and hockey as well as training and outerwear, ensuring you look the part when representing your community. As Dom Rizzuto would say, look sharp and play pretty with ISC Sport. Visit their website, iscsport.com, for more information. ISC Sport, official clothing partners of Triple H 100.1 FM. Streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au. Bowling is back in Hornsby. The Attic offers a 10-pin bowling experience like no other, with Australia's first ever augmented reality scoring experience that will take your game to a whole new level. With a selection of traditional and custom-built arcade games, the Attic Entertainment Precinct is complete with a bar and lounge area to keep you entertained for hours. Specialising in kids' parties and celebrations, the Attic at Hornsby RSL Club is perfect for your next special event. Whether it be an afternoon out with the kids or a night out with friends, it will be an unforgettable occasion that will bowl you and your guests over. Visit our website, theattichornsby.com.au for more information. The Attic, proud sponsors of Triple H. Welcome back to Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. Welcome back to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn and all good podcast sites. We do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, The Post, The Hornsby RSL, ISC Sports and Business Plaza. Anthony LeBull Caruso back to wrap up. Season 2021-22 of the New South Wales Men's Premier Cricket with our special guest, Daniel Anderson, from the Northern District Rangers. And we're going to kick on straight into fourth, the fourth grade competition. And if the other competitions were had a couple of decent teams that just sort of ran away with it, no surprise, this one not only had probably the tightest competition of the lot, but a grand final winner that no one saw coming. Yeah, well... I was following our uh, our fourth grade boys' results all year and right up until the last round, we weren't sure if they were going to be able to make it um, because it was so tight at the top of the table and if you lost a game, you'd drop down to eighth or ninth and if you won a game, you could finish second. So really good competition. Uh, and then obviously the final, um, some pretty cool highlights coming out of that one. Um, so can you get your thoughts on how that one went? Oh, absolutely. So um, yeah, to just to reiterate sort of what happened in that, um, how close the finals was, Parramatta took out the minor premiership on 61 points. Sutherland in seventh place were only only 10 points behind them. And Gordon could consider themselves incredibly unlucky, missing out by only seven points and could have actually made it if they won their game as well. Yeah, well, that that's, shows how tight it was. If you're a bonus point win away from, from making the finals or, or missing out at the end, then shows it's a pretty tight comp. And I think that's a really good thing. It shows that it's really even right across the board. Um until you get sort of down to the bottom and it's a little bit more spread out. But um, right from sort of 1 through to 14, it, it was right there to be had. So um, I think it's a good sign for the competition. And then in the grand final, well, no surprise that Parramatta made the grand final, but Manly making it from fifth place, not something you hear, hear often in these formats. 
Yeah, it's an interesting season again, having one day uh, cricket go right through the finals for the first time um, in, in a long time at least. It kind of gave a chance to all those teams that finished sort of third to sixth. Um, in, in usual two-day cricket, there's always a chance of a washout or um, a team batting a couple of days and batting out of the game, but there's always a result in a one-dayer and having a backup day, I think, helped a lot of teams as well where they may have had a Saturday washed out. So um, I think it was, it was probably the most even playing field in the finals this year and um, I'm not surprised that a team could win their way there from fifth um, and great to see uh, from Manly uh, doing a great job of it. Well, absolutely. So Manly, um, winning, Manly winning the toss and sending Parramatta into bat and knocked them over for 180 on what looked a very inviting deck to, to bat on. So it's a brilliant performance by the bowling, by the bowling unit, the likes of Lachlan Kerr, Josh Cooper, and someone I had the pleasure of playing with in particular when he was a, a little bit younger, um, Jack Hobson. And if you ever got to see this kid, Daniel, um, Daniel uh, you'll if you saw his hair in particular and sort of his facial structure, you'll understand why we started calling him the nature boy. <laughs> bit of Ric Flair, huh? <laughs> oh, God, like you would not believe. He even had the hair to do it. Wow. I hope, hopefully he's a wrestling fan then. <laughs> We, we needed to get the 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 sequin the sequin um, robes for him. I reckon. Yeah, a bit of uh, intro right. music on the way out every day when he walks oh, out. Absolutely. That'd be good. Oh mate, it's just it's just it was just so funny. He used to hate it actually, and everyone <laughs> everyone else loved it. It was, a, it was one of those ones where you hate the nickname, and then everyone else is going, "No, nah, mate, it works." Yeah, usually the ones that stick, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. So um, so yeah, Parramatta getting not getting knocked over for 180. Um, Manly. Started off slowly, but then all of a sudden, Bryn Mendel, 105 off 71, a deserved medalist for player of the final. And just to add, just to add to that, 105, four dismissals as a wicketkeeper as well. It's a pretty handy game, isn't it? <laughs> 100 off 70 and four dismissals. So I think he'd be pretty happy with himself. And um, look, a very deserving player of the final. Clearly, um, I saw some of the highlights. Um, on social media um, the week after the game and um, looked like he absolutely smashed them around Hurstville. So, um, yeah, well done. What, what a game. What a game it was. And certainly from the uh, certainly from the performances, Manly certainly showing a very strong all-rounded um, team and one you probably wouldn't have um, thought given some of the standards of some of the other players, but they certainly showed through in the end. A couple of other names to sort of mention, especially from the bowling. First off, uh, the the doctor himself, Andrew Rochford, topping the bowling charts with twenty eight off twelve at twelve point seven one. Yeah, um, pretty cool. I, I didn't realise he uh, he played cricket actually, and then I saw some of the highlights pop up and, and thought that was pretty cool that he's uh, rocking around in fourth grade. So um, yeah, I think he, it seems to be captaining the team in um, he is. Manly, so he must he be is. doing a great job of leading those guys around. And then one that should be mentioned as well, and one that's a, an absolute legend of New South Wales Premier Cricket, and indeed a legend of Northern District, Phil Melville, 17 at 14.71. He's always up there, Millie. Um, he's in the Pathway program now in the uh, in the over 50s stuff for Australia. Um, he actually had a, a highlights reel floating around on Facebook the other day of him taking a few wickets um, in the World Cup. So uh, he's only getting better, Millie. Um, he's only, uh, yeah, spring chicken. He's uh, building on the way to bigger and better things, I think. So I've got a feeling they've got a World Cup coming up later this year, which I'm sure he'll, he'll do pretty well at. So, um, yeah, not surprised to see Millie up there again. What a, what an absolute pleasure. And, and certainly, yeah, we've got to give a rap to a guy like this because not only has he been there and done it in terms of being a player, but he is just an absolutely brilliantly, br- absolutely brilliant clubman for Northern District. 
Yeah, to give you an example, he um, he made a couple of our scoreboards um, along with a guy called Jack Shelley this year, um, saved the club a bit of money and um, just donated his time, um, always puts his hand up to do covers. Um, he's always helping around training. So, yeah, really, really good clubman. He's won the Clubman of the Year award a couple of times as well. So, um, great guy to have at the club and we're very lucky to have him. We then go to the fifth, to fifth grade competition and once again, two teams sort of running away with it and two teams that haven't really featured that much in terms of finals, but then we get to fifth grade and it's an absolutely brilliant performance. And what a local derby this this absolutely set up for the final between Eastern Suburbs and the University of New South Wales. Yeah, it looked like a, a pretty good game. Um, always good when you get a couple of uh, local teams getting to play against each other in a grand final. So, um, yeah, it looked like it was a good game and um, capped off a pretty good season for Easts. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the grand final played at University Oval, who, who um, the toss won by UNSW, sent Easts into bat. And the Eastern Suburbs, 8 for 181, off their 50 overs. Not a bad score, um, but they, as they always say, runs on the board, makes the difference. And one guy I know there in particular, Dale Carew, getting 3 for 28, formerly of George's River, now at UNSW. But UNSW just couldn't quite get there. And Akshay Prasan for Eastern Suburbs, 41 and 3 for 31. What an all-rounder performance. Yeah, it's a pretty good game. Um, again, it's a big contribution in that sort of match. And I think, as you said, runs on the board in a final, um, particularly in fifth grade at the moment, where there are quite a lot of younger players um, rolling around in each team. So there can be a lot of pressure in a final, batting second. Um, so I think it, really good that uh, they got on and had a hit early and, and put some pressure on UNSW. So, um, yeah, I think it's a pretty good performance from, from Akshay and well done to him. We then move on to the Point of Grey Shield. This is the under-21s aged competition. They've split it out once again into the conference competition. And um, the just very quickly running through the Sydney Sixers, uh, usually these points are usually quite tight now, especially considering that the matches are all T20s. Sutherland, St. George, UNSW East and Suburbs from the Sixers Conference. Campbelltown, Camden, Penrith, Bankstown and Northern Districts from the Thunder Conference. But it ended up being first in the Sixers versus second in the Thunder. Sutherland versus Penrith. And this this match wasn't even close. This is probably the most the biggest thrashing in a grand final we'd witnessed this year. And Sutherland rock and rolling Penrith for ninety eight, well short of Sutherland's target of two hundred fourteen. And a name to watch out for into the future: Tom Stracker, five for twenty five. Yeah, well, pretty good performance. Um, he's obviously rolled through them there. It looked like a, a pretty big crowd down at Glen McGrath from some of the photos that. Um, popped up on social media, so I'm sure that probably played into a little bit uh, in PGs. Obviously, having some some younger players um, rolling around there, so yeah, pretty good performance in front of his home crowd. And I, and I think the most notable um, point about this as well is Sutherland's first premiership, really in some. I think actually it would be their first premiership since their Kingsgrove T20 win a few years ago, one that took the uh, inclusion of a certain. Um, I believe a certain SDP Smith playing in that game. Yeah, he's a handy player, isn't he? <laughs> he oh, he's he not bad, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's played a bit of cricket in his time, scored a few runs. Um, pretty handy inclusion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not bad. Not bad, absolutely. So um, we then move on to the Green Shield, a, a competition that has to be said, the Northern District's got a very proud record in. And I think in the last five years, correct me if I'm wrong, you've won it, is it two or three times? Uh 
<laughs> I probably should know that, but I think it's been, yeah, at least a couple of times. Um, I know we've made the final pretty much every year um, for longer than I can remember, to be honest. Um, the coaches of our NDs team, um, Tom Felton and uh, Josh Miller, have just been tremendous and they've created such a great environment there where kids just want to, and, and parents want their kids to come and play for us because they not only become better players but better people. So um, I'm not surprised that we're up there again. Um, got some great young players in that team and um, obviously unlucky result in the end. Um, they've got a, a great team, St George, and Sam Consus I think is someone who's going to be a brilliant player. Just looking at his stats this year, I don't know if you've seen them, but... Um, I have. Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> that That's stupid. 795 runs on an average. And, and I kid you not, ladies and gentlemen, this average, 113.57. Are you having a laugh? <laughs> it's just ridiculous, isn't it? I think you mentioned um, Steve Smith before. I reckon uh, Sam might be on the same path with numbers like that. That, that, is just, that is just ridiculous. We get to the – we talk about the grand final there indeed – Northern District winning the toss and batting first. And as we said, they set a decent total of eight for 205 as well. Yeah, and, and look, Sam Weir um, from NDs had a terrific season as well. Um, he, had, he put up some pretty amazing numbers. I think he was second in the whole club this season. So um, he, he was sort of a, a mainstay of that team. And young Jack Slater is a really good player as well. Um, I, I've, had the pleasure of, I've had the pleasure of playing with Jack. Have you? Yes. Yes, I have. Um, great kid, actually, I, I should say. Probably one of the chirpiest kids I've ever seen on the field as well. <laughs> Loves yeah. a chat. He does. He does. He's always uh, – he's got so much energy around training. Um, always love seeing Jack there. He's always working on his game and he's always having a laugh and <laughs> he's always saying hi, which is great. Um, he's obviously got a, a good future ahead of him. He's got a good head on his shoulders and he's a good player. A very yeah, very very good player, and I've got to say as well, probably one of the best um, field young fielders I'd seen. Just the the technique and the quality in terms of the way he moves his hands around is absolutely brilliant. Um, should be stated as well, an underrated um, leg spinner as well. Yeah, uh, I don't think they use him enough for it. No, well, there's some some very good spinners in that team. Um, so uh, he definitely is uh, he's rated as a leg spinner at NDs for sure. Um, does a lot of work with our um, our spin polling coach Dave Sincox and. Um, yeah, he's definitely a good bowler. Um, I'm sure he's got me out quite a few times in the Nets this season. Um, but we've got quite a few good spinners in that team, so um, it's pretty hard to break into that bowling order. But as you said, St. George, I mean, Thomas Thomas Forrester was was solid in that game, 59 of 120. But when you've got Sam Constas scoring 54 off 48 at the top of the order, it just sets the momentum going. And, and it's very hard to recover from that. And, uh, you know, as I said, despite a mini collapse of about three for nine, St. George always had wickets in the hand, especially after the start they got off to. Yeah, when you've got a player like that um, opening the inning so well, it just gives you so much confidence, as you said. Um, if he gets out early, and then our NDs boys probably get a lot more confidence out of it and, and it may be a different result. But when you've got such a good player there doing their job at the top of the, top of the order, uh, it really just sets up the whole game. What I love about Green Shield is you get to see some of these names that come up here in this competition. You just know that there's going to be two or three of them are going to be destined for bigger and better things. We've mentioned Sam Constas, um, 795 at 113.57. A couple of the other players to mention. You mentioned Sam Weir, 362 at 72.40 with the bat for Northern District. We then go to the ball and tell us a little bit about Riley Mackay and Peter Murray. Yeah, well, Riley's a, a really good player, um, really good cricket brain. Um, he actually captained a few um, fifth-grade games this season, so that sort of shows you the, the level of um, cricket IQ he's got. 
Um, and Pete Murray is not the uh, the singer <laughs> reincarnated. He is a different different person, um, and he's a really good bowler. So um, good to have both of them at the club, and I think they're they're going to rocket up the grades pretty quickly. Um, they're doing a lot of great work, and um, they they really led that team through the bowling attack this season. And there's that name again, Rook Dillon, twenty wickets at twelve point six to to double up with his wickets in I think it was third grade. I mean, that's not a bad year all round to pick up 46 wickets in one of your early seasons as a 16-year-old. Yeah, and, and despite the haircut, as, as you say. Yeah. <laughs> but no, he's a, he must be a good player. I've never seen him play, but his numbers are, are really good. So um, I'm sure we'll see plenty of him over the coming seasons. We then come to the big one, the club championships. And once again, congratulations to Northern District, their second successive club championship. And you beat, it should be noted, you beat your previous record by 84 points. Yeah. Um, as I said before, to to do that um, and to have such an amazing season, um, I think we won, uh, we maybe had four or five clean sweeps. So um, the Blue Gun was maybe regretting offering us a, a keg every time we clean swept an opposition um, by the end of that. Uh, but look, I think, it would be remiss of me not to mention the committee at the moment. Um, Jeremy Hook, as the president, um, has done a terrific job and, and the whole committee um, in instilling the values and behaviours that we expect at NDs. Um, they're really, it's a club for everyone, but there's no room for people who don't um, adhere to those values and behaviours and um, live live life the way it should be lived and, and play cricket the way it should be played. So um, to win the club championship by so far uh, and to win the spirit of cricket again as well um, is just pretty – it's a pretty amazing achievement and I think it shows that um, good guys can finish first uh, in, in that club championship right through the grades and I think it was really highlighted um, even in the in the final series where every grade that was playing in a final had every other grade come to watch them um, and everyone just wants each other to do so well and that also flows throughout our women's players as well. Um, our women's – Players are, are such great supporters of us and we're such great supporters of them. And um, I think that's why um, we've had that back-to-back success despite, as you said before, not having a home ground, not having a training venue um, and overcoming all those challenges that we've had this season. Um, I think it's something that we're all very, very proud of. And, um, yeah, I, I think the, the club should be, uh, should be really proud of what we've done. And, and you haven't, you've beaten some fairly meaty teams right behind you as well. Mossman... Finishing second, and it has to be said, that's probably their best finish in a club championship in years. Perennial runners in Manly and St. George and Sydney University are up behind them. The big improvers, we mentioned them in first grade, and it's the same thing with the club championship, the University of New South Wales. Yeah, well, I think they've been doing all the right things um, at UNSW in the last couple of years, and I think that's reflected there. Um, obviously, you need a, a good first grade side to, to do well at in the club championship, but you also really need a good um, lower grade system and, and junior system. And I think they've done some great work in building those over the last couple of years. So, um, again, as I said before, in first grade, I wouldn't be surprised if they keep building. The big drop that we, we saw in the club championship this year came from the Sydney Cricket Club, who moved, dropped down from fourth to 14th, a big drop of 10 positions. Um, but it has to be said that Sydney's not out of a, a lack of trying, but they are certainly going to be going through a transition phase, not least of which caused by the, um, I guess, the departure of three big names in their first grade team. Yeah, well, um, obviously AJ Mosca, um, Ben and Harry Menenti um, also left and, and Nick Bills uh, retired for most of the season. He, he did come back and sneak in for a couple of games of twos, I think. And he actually, correct me if I'm wrong, may have finished in the top uh 
15 batting averages in in second grade. So um, we did pretty well uh, going back as a bat uh, in those in that grade. But um, yeah, look, when you lose that quality of player um, in in Mosca and the two Menantes, it's going to be a pretty hard hole to fill. Um, so I think they've uh, they'd probably expect to, to drop a little bit there. Um, they've just lost so much good quality players but I'm sure they'll be back um, they're a great club and a club that always is is up there um, particularly in first grade so I'm sure they'll be back in no time well it's always it's always the case isn't it you, you go through a big loss like that you've got to go through a bit of a re, a rebuild phase anyway so it's not entirely surprising and certainly next year will be the the decider in terms of where they go with it but these are often a couple of, it often takes a couple of years when you've had a big departure like that the other one the other notable retirement we have gotten wind of and I'm sure there's probably going to be more to come but this one did come through at the end of last year he is a favorite of us of Triple H Sport he's a favorite indeed of of the New South Wales Premier Cricket competition and it has to be said Daniel he's now become a favorite of Australia because of his appearance on a certain TV show but Cameron (laughs) Merchant has announced that he is hanging the bat up this year yeah, I have heard that. Um, look, yeah, congrats to Cam um, on an amazing career. Um, he's obviously done a lot in cricket. He's done a lot, um, obviously, off the field and, and been really successful, but his cricket itself has been um, great and he's been, obviously, a mainstay of that manly club for a long period of time. Um, so all, all the best for him in retirement. I'm sure he's got plenty of things lined up, but um, he, he should also be really proud of his career and, and everything he's, he's achieved in cricket. Oh, don't worry. He's got plenty of stuff lined up in his career. I mean... <laughs> There's a there's a certain teammate that that she'll rename main, nameless <coughs> AJ Crosswaite, <coughs> um, who is his personal manager. So that's that's not not a bad thing to have, is it? No, it's pretty handy. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be uh, it'll be doing a great job for him there, um, Crosswaite. So yeah, I'm sure he's lined up well. Oh yeah, and and before you know it, he'll pop up and it'll be like, oh, by the way, I'd like to announce AJ Crosswaite and Cameron Merchant both playing for St Kilda. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> good, good on you, good on you, yeah. 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 <laughs> so um, no, look, we we do wish him, him Jules, and and little baby Oliver as well, all the very best in their in their future endeavors. Absolutely. So with that, so with that, I guess final thoughts for yourself here, Daniel. It's been a brilliant couple of years for for Northern District. Where to next, and what can we expect to come up in 2022-23, especially with the expected reopening of Mark Taylor Oval? Um. Yeah, look, I think uh, much the same, hopefully. Um, the only player that we will be missing next year in first grade um, is Ben Davis, who will has also retired. So um, just wanted to give Benny a shout-out um, as well. He's had a remarkable career. New South Wales second 11. Um, he came into the, the club at a time when we were probably sitting a bit lower on the table and he, he's really created a culture where we're now winning a lot of games. So, um, look, massive shout-out to Benny and... Um, all the best for, for retirement for him as well. Um, but yeah, look, I think uh, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to continue this run. Um, we'll hopefully have somewhere to train next season once we have our indoor centre built um, and, as you said, a new ground. So, um, look, I'm, I'm sure we're, we're at the top now and I think people are always going to be coming to get us. Um, that's a good place to be. So, um, look, I think hopefully we'll just keep getting better um, and keep improving over the off-season and hopefully we'll be there and thereabouts again next year. Any plans on the on the I guess the grand reopening or a, a big event to mark the return of Mark Taylor Oval to its full glory? Uh, there will be one um, <laughs> once we find out when the ground will open officially. Um, there's a, as I said, there's a few little holdups with uh, weather and, and COVID and, and the like. But once it opens, I think there'll be a, a pretty grand plan to open it properly. 
And and just because it's always here for a bit of a laugh, let, let's get an early prediction of what you think is going to happen next year. That has to have absolutely nothing to do with the overall quality performance within cricket, but in first grade, what one stupid thing you think could likely happen next year, and this is your opportunity to just throw anyone you want under the bus here, especially, I don't think especially a teammate. <laughs> I won't actually go outside my team. I'm, I'm going to predict that um, Ben Bryant from Manly is going to grow his hair down past his shoulders next season <laughs> as he um, really becomes part of the Manly culture. <laughs> now, I can't be too mean to him because he only lives five minutes up the road from me now in Mona Vale. <laughs> I know where he lives. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, um, Benny's uh, an absolute legend. Um, and since moving to Manly, his hair has gotten considerably longer. Um, he wears Birkenstocks a lot more, and he does ride a bike. So um, <laughs> is, uh, he's, uh, he's gotten used to it. Has has do you think Mickey Edwards has gotten to him? I don't know. <laughs> I think he's just uh, really enjoying being in that manly area. So um, you know, got to got to fit in with the locals. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's one of the best ones I've heard. And I hope Ben Bryant's listening to this. And and all I can be saying to you is, I hope you've got um, copious amounts and possibly a shampoo sponsor because I think you're going to need it. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, with that, that is full time here on Splinters. What a, Splinters, what a pleasure it was to wrap up the men's New South Wales Premier Cricket Competition for season 21-22. As I said at the start of the show, the best club cricket competition in the world. Nowhere else can you have 20 teams from all over one city vying for one prize and have such a rich tapestry of competition and stories that comes out that can only come from the game of cricket. My many thanks to Daniel Anderson for joining us tonight. A pleasure once again. And we're certainly looking forward to more games being covered, especially when Northern District make their triumphant return to Mark Taylor Oval. Hello, Daniel. Yes. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'll go through that again if you want. Oh, sorry, were you throwing at me then? Yeah, I'll throw him back to you. Oh, <laughs> oh good. I thought you were uh, wrapping up. No, no, no. I'll throw it to you for, for a last comment before I do wrap up. So go yeah, ahead from that. Sounds good. So um, I'll just I'll just throw that I'll throw it in again. Throw it again. Well, look, ladies and gentlemen, that is full time here on Splinters. And what an absolute pleasure it was to wrap up the New South Wales men's premier cricket competition for 2021-22. The best club cricket competition in the world. 20 teams, a rich tapestry of stories, a rich tapestry of performances and talent as far as the eye can see. My thanks once again to you, Daniel Anderson, for joining us. And we hope to see you again next year, especially as we announce the triumphant return of Mark Taylor Oval. Thanks for having me, Anthony. It's been an absolute pleasure wrapping up the season with you tonight. Um, it's been an amazing season. We got on despite COVID, um, floods, rain, all that sort of stuff. And um, look, it wrapped up really well, and um, you're looking forward to coming back next season if you'll have me. Uh, mate, we wouldn't we wouldn't expect anything less from yourself. You're always welcome here, and uh, as I think we mentioned during the break, we're probably gonna have to get you some merch at some point. Oh, it'll be a great Christmas present for me, I reckon. <laughs> we'll see what we can do for you. That is full time indeed on Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au, and available for download at podcast.com. Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, and all good podcast sites. Of course, we do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, The Post, The Hornsby RSL, ISC Sports, and Business Plaza. On behalf of Daniel Anderson, I'm Anthony Caruso. Run harder, run home.
Good night. Thank you for joining us for Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. You can also find us streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcasts.com and all good podcast and streaming sites.